All right, boys and girls, one more time. It's your Uncle Jimmy coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage with another Greasy Wheels podcast for you. This week's subject, <clears throat> this week's rants will be about the new guys and uh, not a podcast for the old guys about the new guys. I think we already did that. This is a podcast for the new guys, okay? Now, if you are just starting out, if you're just starting to work in a shop, if you're trying to maybe get your foot in the door or get yourself a little higher up in the totem pole, you might want to pay attention. Something you're probably not very good at, but you might want to pay attention and take some of the, the tips and the tricks and the hints that your Uncle Jimmy's going to dole out for you in this uh, edition of the podcast. Listen, when you're new, you have to come to the realization that you, quite frankly, don't know shit. Okay, basically, you don't know shit. I don't give a fuck how smart you think you are. You don't know shit. Uh, I see students all the time. They come from various technical schools, uh, be they UTI, uh, Wild Tech, Lincoln Tech, uh, you know, all these other places that have automotive uh, mechanics and automotive technician training programs. And even some have uh, factory uh, training programs, such as BMW has a step program. I know that Mercedes has a program. And all of these programs and all these training places and all these schools are great at telling you how to fix a car. The one thing they don't tell you, and this is actually sometimes more important than learning how to fix the car, is how to get along with the fucking people who are already doing it and how not to be an asshole and how to figure out what you're up to. And what I mean by this is I think a lot of times, you know, you go to school and you you, you get straight A's and you, you learn everything you need to learn about fixing a car, but you don't have any real, honest to God, practical experience. Now, maybe if I gave you a broken car and you spend a week, you might be able to fix it. Or if I gave you a broken car, you might be able to fix it in half an hour. And here's the difference. An experienced guy who's been doing it for a while can fix not only that car in half an hour, but he can fix every car he has to fix in half an hour. He's figured out how to get the job done. And that's not something they can teach you in school. They can't teach you the shortcuts. They can't teach you the things that you need to know to make your job easier, to make your life easier, and to help you turn more hours and make more money. They can't teach you that. They, there's, no, there's no program out there that tells you how to take a job that would normally be a loser and figure out how to write it up in such a manner that guess what? You're gonna get paid a fairly decent amount of money for looking at that car. They're also not gonna teach you that if you have a job that takes four hours, uh, you should be able to do it in about an hour. They're not, gonna, they're not gonna tell you that. And even if they did tell you that, which they, they could try to tell you that, you're not really gonna understand exactly what they're talking about, okay? Because the way we get paid in the automotive business as technicians is really kind of goofy. I mean, I don't really know of a lot of places where they say, oh, that job should take X amount of hours, okay? Like maybe a heart transplant or putting a furnace in a house or maybe uh, sandblasting the side of a fucking battleship. They don't say to you, it should take X amount of hours. They don't do that. But in our business, they do. They say, oh, changing a water pump should take 2.3 hours. And uh, typically, the way they figure this out is that the manufacturer uh, sends a trained, experienced mechanic out with nothing but hand tools, and he changes the water pump in a car, and typically it's brand new, and there's nothing in his way, and he doesn't have to get dirty, and he doesn't have to 
you know, remove a lot of stuff, maybe sometimes. And he can do that job with the hand tools from beginning to end in 2.3 hours. And so the labor time guide says 2.3 hours is how much labor you should get paid to change that water pump. The difference is, is that out in the field, and trust me when I tell you, out in the field, it's a hell of a lot different because guess what? You're going to go at it with power tools. You're going to take your uh, pneumatic ratchet. Uh, and you're going to take your impact gun and you're going to zip out those bolts in about three fucking seconds where it took that guy 10 minutes because he was using hand tools. He was using a ratchet. And as a new guy, when you roll into the dealership, you may not even have impact tools or power tools. And so it may take you all of 2.3 hours to change a water pump. But I can tell you right now that if a water pump pays 2.3 hours, typically a technician's gonna be able to bang that thing out in about half an hour. And if you don't understand this part of it, where it might have taken them half an hour, but they're still gonna pay them 2.3 hours, that's, that's a little tough to wrap your mind around. And honestly, uh, to be absolutely 100% correct, there's an awful lot of customers awful lot of people who aren't automotive technicians who can't wrap their mind around that concept. So it's really not your fault as the new guy that you don't understand exactly how it is we get paid. And then when you do understand it, you're like, it just doesn't sound right. But uh, it is, it is right. And it's not really all that uncommon for a technician who can work quickly, efficiently, and, and smart to turn 10, 15, even up to 20 hours in one single day, depending on the work he gets, okay? Now there's cars and concerns with certain cars that you're gonna get that are not gonna earn you a lot of money. You know, uh, the diagnosis may be a ridiculous and then the repair also may be ridiculous. And it can also be compounded by certain factors uh, such as how much garbage that customer has in his fucking car. That's always something that uh, slows us down. If we have to get into the trunk and remove something that's, you know, underneath the cover that goes in the back of the trunk and there's two sets of golf clubs and a bowling ball and fucking assorted baseball equipment and maybe hockey sticks and other assorted shit like that. You got to remove all that shit just to get at what it is you need to fix and nobody's gonna pay you for that, okay? That's gonna come out of the time that you are gonna earn against the time posted for repairing that particular system, okay? So that's something that slows you down. That's something that no technician likes. And uh, honestly, if you're a customer and you're listening to this and you have a lot of shit in your trunk, get that shit the fuck out of there. First off, you're not doing yourself any favors, okay? Anytime you make your car heavier than it already is as built, it doesn't get as good gas mileage. You know, maybe it's, it's microscopically uh, or, or it's minuscule, microscopic, but still you're gonna get better gas mileage because honestly, lowering the weight of your vehicle is exactly the same as raising the horsepower and it, it causes your car not to have to use so much gasoline to move it down the fucking road. Especially if you have a trunk full of bowling balls, those fuckers are heavy, I know. But I digress a little bit here, let me tell you, if you're a new guy and you roll into the building and you're having trouble wrapping your mind around what goes on in there, don't feel bad, okay? I can remember rolling into a shop and I had experience working in shops before as a, as a parts counter guy. I kind of knew what I was up against, but the whole flat rate thing was really new to me and uh, it took me a little bit to grasp it. I don't, I don't mean like years, I mean like a, a few weeks to really get the idea of what's going on there. But on top of that, what you wanna do is try to make yourself as useful as possible. And what I mean by that is if you are placed next to uh, a guy who's been doing the job for a while 
and perhaps he's been instructed to help you out, uh, what you should do is take it upon yourself to try to help him out. And therefore, he will return the favor by helping you out. Now, if you get a guy who isn't too much of a curmudgeon, a guy who's got a good sense of humor and maybe he's uh, willing to help you and you have a good attitude. And trust me, I, I got to be honest with you. I think that the most important thing for a new guy to have is a good attitude. And you got somebody who's going to mentor you, somebody who's going to help you out. You need to make sure that you don't piss this guy off, okay? Because he can make your life easy. He can help you get ahead. He can show you the things you need to know. And this stuff is more fucking valuable than all the money you spent on tech school. That's stuff that's going to help you earn a living. The stuff that's going to help you from the day you roll into the building to the day you retire or the day you decide to quit that job and do something completely different. That stuff that is going to fucking help you. Don't dismiss it or that particular individual just because maybe he does maybe he does things you don't like, or maybe he doesn't seem as smart as you think he, he should, or he doesn't seem as smart as he thinks he is to you. He is probably smarter than what you think he is, okay? And in a lot of cases, if you take up a lot of his time and you waste his time and you ask him shit that you should already know and you have him try to help you with stuff that really uh, is just simple, and he shouldn't have to help you with, then eventually he's going to come to uh, uh, despise you and he's not going to want to help you and he's not going to want to talk to you. And even though your attitude's good, if you're a slow learner and you're not, uh, you're not catching on, eventually he will, not, he, will, he will help you less and less and less. And this is the worst situation for you. This is the worst situation possible, okay? Because if you have a good attitude, you learn fairly quickly, you don't have to be told two and three fucking times to do something, and they don't mind helping you, try to keep that particular situation going until that individual leaves the business, okay? Because if he's been doing it longer than you, he's learned things that you don't know. He's learned things that you don't know, and if you're good to him and you help him out, he will teach those things to you and you will be a better technician for it. And let me tell you something else too. Okay, even technicians in the shop that you hate or just don't like maybe, maybe it's not so viral, maybe it's not so mean or evil, you just don't really like them. And maybe there's technicians in the shop that you like a lot, okay? Uh, maybe there's technicians who won't talk to you. Uh, pretty much whenever we get a new guy, we spend a little bit of time not talking to him. We, takes us a while to feel him out to figure out what he's all about even when he's experienced so when you're a new guy and has never been in a shop before it's probably even worse it probably seems worse when you're that guy just remember one thing one important thing you can learn something from every single motherfucker in the shop everybody in that shop knows things that some of the other technicians don't know and if you were to com combine it all into one place which you could do you are gonna be way, way, way better off because some guys figure out how to do some jobs a certain way that makes it really easy for them and helps them cut time off the repair job and helps them make more money. And if you take the time to learn these things from these people, you yourself are gonna end up being a better and more valuable technician, okay? So don't discount anybody, even the guy in the corner who tells you to fuck off if you go near him. Okay, that guy can teach you something if you let him. 
you're going to run into people like that. You're going to run into people who are angry and mean and pissed off and, and they're not going to like you, you know, whether you're new, fresh out of school or whether you're experienced and coming from another shop, they're just not going to like you. Okay. They're just hateful people, but they know things. If they've, if they're working there and they've been working there, they know things. And you guess what? Some of the things that they know, I would like to know. That's why, uh, as a guy with my experience, I always like working with uh, new hires, uh, talking to them. Uh, and in the shop I'm at now, there's been an extraordinary amount of other people working there who've worked in other dealerships, who've worked for a, long, a longer or a shorter period of time. And these guys know a lot of shit. And if you ask them, or if you pay attention, or if you just glance over and see them doing something maybe, you might learn something you didn't know before that makes your life a hell of a lot easier, okay? So don't discount anybody in the shop, anybody. You're gonna find out things that'll help you out. Now, if you're a new guy and you roll into the building and people don't wanna talk to you and people don't wanna help you, uh, that makes it a tough situation, but your attitude, it really is, like I said, it's the most important thing going. Uh, it, uh, it's the one thing that'll get you through. I can remember starting my first job as a technician. Uh, I had, like I said, I had some experience working in shops before, but this one, this one was brand new for me. And I got lucky because the uh, management of this shop was at least smart enough to start me out as an hourly guy so that I didn't have to jump right in with both feet and start trying to turn hours to make money. I was hourly. And it took about, I wanna say three, maybe four months for them to figure out that I kind of knew what I was up to, okay? I had been messing around with cars for a long, long time. By the time I was, by the time I got to this dealership, uh, I had factory training, so I knew how to, to scan the cars, I knew what to look for, and I had grasped a great deal of the concepts of how things work, you know? Like, I knew that, you know, if you have a control module and you have inputs and outputs, and one of them's not working, and you have wires, I was able to take a system, divide it, conquer it, diagnose it, figure out what's wrong and get it fixed right almost every single time, really almost right off the bat. I know that sounds ridiculous. It sounds like I'm freaking lying, but I, I had a good idea of what to do and how to do it. And so I was able to do it. So what happened was, and because the shop I was in was really a very, very poorly run shop with technicians who probably should have been pursuing some other occupation, uh, I came in and fixed a lot of cars and, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm. I'm running. I'm bragging. Okay. I don't really want to. I mean, I didn't do it that often. But every once in a while, they would get a car that would come back, and they would just give it to me, knowing that I'm hourly, and I would take my time and go back through and fix this car correctly. Because a lot of times, the initial technician fixed the car quickly, and not correctly. I didn't have any of that quickly part of me working because of the way I was paid. It paid hourly, it takes you 10 hours to figure out why a car doesn't work. There you go, it's fixed now, okay? It took a long time, yes, but it would have taken a lot longer if it was somebody else, or maybe it wouldn't have taken as long, but their flat rate and how can you charge somebody 10 hours diag to fix something that they already claimed that they fixed. It was tough. And so it solved a lot of problems for everybody involved, for the service manager and for the service advisors to have a guy who was hourly, who could go through and spend really literally all the time in the world fixing a car and making sure he got it fixed correctly. It was actually, it worked out very well for them, I thought. 
but the shop was so poorly run that uh, I lasted just a little less than two years and ended up getting the, the fuck out of there. Uh, their management was was pretty horrible. So let's just leave it at that, That because that's a, a subject for different podcasts, boys and girls. I don't need to go into that from right here. Um, when you're a new guy and you roll into a place and somebody takes it upon themselves to make your life hell, uh, there are certain different things you can do about it too, okay? If you're the new guy and you get hazed a little bit, you have to kind of expect that, Okay. People are going to push your buttons. If they find out you have a button, they're definitely going to push it. And this is going to happen all the time. It's just going to seem especially harsh when you're new, okay? Because you're not going to be able to tell if somebody's just kidding right off the bat. You're going to meet a guy, and he's going to say something to you about something that he did to your mother. And if you're a fan, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, You have to have a good attitude about that. People are going to give you shit about anything and everything. And if they think that it really bothers you, they're really gonna they're really gonna sink the hook deep. So make sure that you screw down your attitude, get it in order before you show up. Okay, uh, don't let anybody give you a hard time about tools. Uh, there's plenty of time to buy better tools. If you show up with a tool set and it's really bare bones and basic and and totally minimum, then more power to you. Okay, because I did that. I brought in a little used toolbox that I had, and I had just just the hand tools I needed to do the job, and got power tools a little later. That was all I needed, and I knew what I needed because I got lucky because I did factory training for the manufacturer I work for, and the tool sets that they had at the factory training center were also extremely rudimentary, so I was able to figure out what I needed to get into the f- business, to get into the field, and get the job done, and then later, I was able to add the tools that I needed to keep the job going. I want to caution you too, if you're a new guy, if you're a, uh, an individual who's showing up at a dealer and they put you in a lube tech kind of a role, okay? It might seem, especially after you get the first uh, payments, the first few payments due for your student loan, for your tech school training, and and you show up and they want to just give you a job as, as a lube tech changing oil and maybe wiper blades and an occasional tire here and there, it might seem like you're never going to be able to pay that loan back at that rate, okay? Because that obviously a lube tech job doesn't pay very much. But you have to start at the bottom and you have to pay your dues, okay? That's as simple as it gets. The only people who get to roll into a shop and skip that whole I'm the new guy, f- fuck me over, kind of a thing is somebody who has experience at another shop and even they will get a little bit of hazing (laughs) at some point in time uh, typically from the other guys if they you know feel you out as to what kind of attitude you have and and that that goes for everybody you know I mean I showed up at the place where I'm at nobody really wanted to talk to me I'm an older guy had experience working on the brand that I'm working for now and it took them a little while to figure out that I indeed did have experience and knew what I was up to and could get the job done fairly efficiently. And then the real me showed up and the real me is a clown in case you haven't uh, heard me say that yet. Uh, I'm kind of a joker. We like to have a, a good time at work. And I just, and I feel like that's kind of important because you, you know, if you can go to work and it's not fun and it's, you know, all work, it's, it's tough to work there. Okay. But uh, when you're a new guy, the guys that are there already, are probably having some fun and they're going to have some fun with you and they're going to have some fun with you at your expense. So get ready for that. Adjust your attitude accordingly and deal with it because that goes a long way towards telling people what kind of a person you are, 
how what you can handle how you handle yourself how you behave if you get upset and you whine and cry like a little millennial snowflake to the boss when somebody mentions that they slept with your mother or some other form of uh, insult that you take personally then those people are probably going to go out of their way to treat you like shit and they're not going to help you out because that has actually happened as well in the past to me <laughs> like i said if you've listened to the podcast you know what i'm talking about i had uh, an individual who was a terrible terrible employee terrible mechanic just a terrible person all the way around and he couldn't take it and he was a little whiny uh pissant and uh, he needed to have he needed really what he needed was a beating he needed to have his ass beat you know, and hopefully a new attitude installed with a fist don't be like that guy now i've gone on and on and on about being a new guy here uh if you start out in a, in a lube tech situation okay, and you don't like it what you need to do to get out of that lube tech situation is be better at it than all of the other lube techs be good at what you do if they tell you that to be a good lube tech you need to look the car over and see if there's anything on there that needs to be needs to be repaired or replaced or fixed or needs some sort of attention then that's what you should do if they tell you that you need to uh, check the air pressures in all the cars you need to do that if your fellow lubies say ah fuck that you don't need to do that you tell them okay yeah fine it's okay for you not to do it but they asked me to do it and so i'm going to do it and you set a good example and if they don't want to do it then you can laugh at them when they move you out of the lube tech and into the regular shop and start letting you turn hours with the regular mechanics instead of just being a fucking lube tech if you shine at being a lube tech if you do all of the things they ask you to do you do them correctly you always make sure that the drain plugs are tight but not too fucking tight for christ's sakes and you always make sure the oil's in the car and you always make sure the tire pressures are good and everything else is is good and you do your job correctly and you do it on time and you do it with a smile you're gonna move up but if you're one of these fucking malcontents who says, oh, uh, I don't get paid for checking tire pressures and I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, check the oil after I'm done to make sure that the oil's in there and I don't want to make sure the drain plugs tighten properly, not too tight, not too loose. I don't want to do all that shit. I just want to get through this day as fast as I can and get paid. Okay. That, that's a that's a motherfucker who's going to be a lube tech until he quits. That's the kind of kid I don't want working for me be honest with you that's just the way it goes i don't want them to touch my car so that's the difference that's the difference between you and the guys that are there already or maybe the new guy who shows up and he doesn't want to do dick now one other thing that the that a new guy needs to do to help endear himself to people and this is a lost art i'll tell you this right now the technicians are the messiest group of motherfuckers on planet earth they work on they're working on cars They've got tools scattered all over the place. They've got old dead auto parts scattered all over the place. They've got all the fluids that come out of a fucking car all over the floor everywhere. And they make a huge fucking mess. And it's terrible to look at. And it's terrible to have to work in. I can't do it myself personally. I Like, look, seriously, clean up. That's all you got to do is clean up. And if you come in and you're the new guy and you keep your work area clean and maybe you clean other areas where you haven't even worked yet, then your boss will notice. The people who are in charge of you will notice and they'll be like, okay, so this kid has an idea of what we need this place to look like. We want it to be neat. We want it to be clean because every once in a while, customers actually do come through the shop 
And in fact, one of the things that's happening at the place where I work now is that the salespeople actually bring the customers into the shop to see that we have an extraordinary commitment to servicing their vehicles after they buy them. And it's, it's, not, it's not a joke. They actually go out of their way to bring the customers through our shop because where I'm at now, it's a brand new dealership. It's been open about six, eight months now, and it is a palace. It is absolutely freaking gorgeous, and I love it there. It's awesome. It is white. The floor is white. The walls are white. The ceiling's white. Everything's white. There's bright, bright lights everywhere. Okay, so it makes everything look good, new, and clean when it is clean. And when it's dirty, obviously, that shows up as well. But... Uh, the place is just, a, it's a palace and we try to keep it as clean as possible. We have a cleaning crew that comes in. But if during the day, if you're the new guy and the place is a little bit dirty, if there's boxes laying around or screws and other assorted swarf on the floor, go clean it up. Get it get it out of the way. If you're not doing anything right at the moment, you know, pick up those, those old dead car parts and put them in a scrap bin. And take those batteries back to the parts department so they can put them on the core pile. Get your shop cleaned up. Okay, that's something that a new guy should do. Really, shouldn't even have to be told to do. Okay, so that's that. Um, also, too, if you're going to be working in a shop and you're the new guy, and even if you're not the new guy, really, I think that this is just good advice for everybody. Try to be useful all the time. Try to be somebody who has solutions to problems instead of creating them. Okay, be useful, be productive. If your boss comes out and he says to you, "Hey, I need you to bang this car out right this minute." because this guy's been waiting for two hours already and we lost his keys and we just found them. There's really no need, to, <laughs> there's really no need to give the guy shit about losing the car keys. There's no need to, give, to, to complain about having to do this car really fast because some moron had the keys in his pocket and he went to lunch. There's no need for that. Be helpful. Just take the car and say, I'm gonna get this thing banged out as quickly as I possibly can and disappear with it and start working on it. Get it fucking done. Don't be the problem. Solve the problems. That's basically what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. All right. So there's a primer for all you new guys. Okay. Oh, here's one last, one last thing I want to, I want to tell you about. Um, and when I talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, I got to, I got the advantage of going to a manufacturer's training program for six months before I got out into the field. And so I was able to see what tools I was going to need to get into the business. And when I showed up initially, I showed up with a bare minimum of tools in a very small roll around little toolbox. And I worked out of that for a long time until I earned enough money, I felt anyway in my heart, to actually go ahead and get a little bit better toolbox, a little bit more, a little bit better toolbox, get some more tools and become more capable because of the tools I got. Now, if you're a lube tech and all you have to do is take drain plugs out and maybe check tire pressures, and occasionally change a wiper blade, you should not, and I repeat, you should not go on the Snap-on truck, apply for credit, get $30,000 worth of credit, and buy a brand new toolbox that's $10,000 and another $10,000 worth of tools, okay? You're a lube tech. Buy what you need, borrow what you think you need. If you borrow it several times, buy just that tool. Uh, a, a sure sign that a, that a lube tech is going to be a failure as a lube tech is that they go out and they spend $25,000 on tools with the Snap-on guy. And they make six payments, 50 bucks a week, you know, or 20 bucks a week or whatever it is. And then they get fired 
and they can't afford to pay even the 50 bucks a week. And then the stamp on guy has to go and find the toolbox and the tools and repossess them. Okay, don't let that happen to you. Get the tools as you need them. If you have a good attitude, typically one of the technicians in your shop will probably lend you a tool one time, maybe two times. Make sure that you put the fucking thing back. If you borrow a tool from somebody and you lose it or you break it, you can forget about ever borrowing a tool from that guy ever again. You can forget it. He might be the only one in the shop who has a specific tool that you need. Guess what? You're out of fucking luck. He ain't lending it to you. So don't be that guy. All right, that's enough of me babbling on. This is your Uncle Jamie. I'm going to sign off by saying see ya.